It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Life's so full on. I've been working on this deck for ages. These steaks don't cook themselves, you know. Life's good with a Trex deck. Composite decking made from 95% recycled materials that won't rot, stain or fade. Trex, the world's number one decking brand. Alrighty, well, time to talk a, a bit of a bit of yachting, a bit of boating, because I know Dougie, Dougie loves his mm. boats. Um, you've never been on a Sydney to Hobart. I'm not no. Sh- no. Do you think you'd make the distance? Uh, uh, I, if I did it once, I'd be very happy. Well. I don't know if I'd do it again. Well, there were a stack of the boats. I think about 36 of the 88-strong uh, fleet failed to make it, Dougie. Mm. Horrendous conditions, particularly over the first day, uh, but one uh, one man very, very happy, and uh, I guess just to finish in one piece, is the skipper of the winning yacht, Super Maxi Blackjack. Joining us on the line is uh, Mark Bradford. Uh, Mark, well done, firstly, mate. Congratulations uh, to you and and your crew. I imagine you, you've, you've done a bit of celebrating over the past uh, 12 hours or so. Yeah, thanks very much, and thanks for having me. No, that's exactly right. The voice is a little bit croaky due to the <laughs> celebrations. <laughs> How was it, mate? Like, obviously, we've um, we've read it all saying so many boats, all the smaller boats had to basically pull out. But can you give us kind of a, a magnitude of, like, what, what you're actually going through overnight? Uh, you know, it, is it something that you just, you know you're going to get? Yeah, look, the, the Sydney to Hobart, or Rolex Sydney to Hobart's renowned for tough conditions. And, and it's pretty basic for those that have watched Finding Nemo. <laughs> it's the EAC dudes, so the... East Australian current runs south, and then when the wind comes from the south, there's a huge wind chop on the sea state. So it makes it really bumpy. Well, it was horrendous, wasn't it, the first day? And we all knew, you knew that was coming, and that's the thing with, with yachting or boating. You know, you've got a galing, you know, a, a massive southerly blowing in your face pretty much all the way in the first day. You know what the conditions are going to be like, but what makes things worse, Mark, for you? Am I right? You spent the first 20 hours or so under the bridge with what you describe as internal problems. Yeah, exactly right. <laughs> yeah, look, I mean, uh, you know, it's not often talked about because everyone's being a manly man, but um, seasickness is a part of the game, and uh, I get it particularly bad. I always have, uh, you know, it, particularly if you start in rough conditions. Yeah. So if I spend a day in in lighter condition and work up to the rough conditions, my body gets used to it and I'm fine. But we went straight into the bump and yeah, I was not, I was not much used for the first bit of the race. So, so are we talking seasickness with 20 foot waves, just the wind, just everything that goes with it? Yeah, I think uh, I'm not really sure what it is. I think it's the you know, balance thing to do with your inner ear and, and you just uh, get a bit of vertigo and then that ultimately leads to nausea and, and uh, yeah, for me, it gets quite crippling. So I sort of, I go down pretty hard for 20 mm. hours and then I come good again. Eventually I can start to eat and, and you know, the, the second couple of days or day and a half of the race, I was fine. That's a bit and bizarre. And it was lighter too. Yeah, it's, it's strange, isn't it? So, yeah, me not not being a, a, a yachty or, or a boaty. So uh, I get seasick, but, you know, uh, well, I'll probably steer away from uh, being uh, the, the skipper of, of a super maxi. But, yeah. Um, yeah, it doesn't make a lot of sense. No, no. But So we all get seasick. That's that's the good thing, but it's just a matter of, of dealing with it. How long have you been uh, part of, of this crew, Mark? 
So I've been running this team. Pete and I started this team in 2008. Uh, so, you know, we've, we're now sort of, what's that, 12, 14 years yeah. into this project. And um, something we really wanted to achieve very early on in the, in the project, we didn't start with a 100-footer. We had a smaller boat and we worked our way up, mm. um, was to get on the top step, and, and we've finally done it. So we're, you know, I guess it's worth waiting for. I mean, it certainly feels good now. So 14 years hard work, though. Well. So- so they're saying that you guys were obviously slower this time, obviously with the headwind and everything. Can you give me a, like for someone that has no idea, you know, how fast in knots and kilometers you should be going to what you were going just to, just to give us a guide, you gauge in like the pace that you are going when the wind is up. Yeah. So, um, you know, when, when we go upwind, we go upwind at 12 and a half knots. So to put that in kilometers in basic terms, just times it by two to keep it simple. So that's 25 kilometers an hour. When we go downwind, um, you know, like in the record races and, and the times that we've had really fast races, we'll do 30 knots, so that's 60 wow. kilometres now. So you can see that, you know, at 30 knots, you can you tick off 30 miles every hour. So you do, you know, 600 nautical miles reasonably quickly. Take us on board, Mark. Take us on board. Take us underneath the bridge, down below where you were. Um, you know, the, the real-life experiences for you and for, for your teammates – I know a number of well, there were unfortunately a few a few crew ended up in hospital. Did you guys have any serious injuries or or major problems that you you had to deal with? No, no, we were, we were really fortunate this time. I mean, look, we're pretty fortunate in that you know a lot of the teams are pro am teams, and a lot of the teams are amateur teams. Our team is a full professional sailing team. We treat it like a sporting team. We run it like a sporting team. So we have maintenance. Uh, we have shore people. Mm. We have a really fantastic asset, so albeit very complicated uh, and difficult to keep on the water, um, you know, there's a fair bit going on downstairs with electronics and loads and all the rest of it, and the conditions are, you know, we take uh, freeze-dried food to save weight. We do everything at a bare minimum just to make the boat as light as possible. So, yeah, you're just inside a carbon shell on a, on a very thin net pipe bunk that's made out of carbon fibre. So are you um, basically a man of all those trades, the electronics, the radios, the, the everything? Are you basically above all that or you just know everyone's got their job, everyone's got what they need to do in, in the race coming up? Yeah, so I, um, I'm a sail maker by trade. I run North Sales. There you go, a little plug here mm, in Australia. Right. And um, uh, so that, that's my skill that you know, is behind me to be a professional sailor. A lot of guys are boat builders. Um, and then our guy who's the navigator is a naval architect. So I do all the modifications and the thinking to the boat, you know, all the science behind it uh, with Alex Nolan, our naval architect. And then we use the yacht designer from America, Michael Pugh, to just ma- wave their magic wand over the, you know, what we're thinking to do next. Um, but, yeah, I'm, a, I'm across everything, but I'm not, you know, I don't know that the red wire goes in that socket and all the rest of that. I have specialist people in their areas. Yeah, build and put a good team around you, mate. That's the way. That's what I'm doing here with Dougie. Mm. You know, we're putting exactly good... right. Same pay, same pay, <laughs> less pressure, mate. <laughs> tell, <laughs> tell me this, Mark. Did so you uh, were you part of the crew with, on Alpha Romeo? No, but this yes. is yeah, yes, yeah. okay. So okay. when this boat got launched in 2005, which you know the boat's changed a hell of a lot. Since then, we've changed yeah. the shape of the hull and all sorts of things have changed. But the the DNA of the boat, and the first time it raced, I did the Sydney to Hobart on that boat just as a crew member, a helmsman, uh, working for Neville Crichton, who owned it at that point. 
Okay. So it won, didn't it? Was it 09? Back in 09? This... No, 05, 05 was the first year that us and Oates sailed and we came second. Oates won that year. Yeah. Right. And then this boat won in 09. It's the second time this boat's won. So, so what, what does the yeah. boat do now, mate? Does, does it obviously get towed back to somewhere, or someone's got to sail it back to where you're going? What what happens now for you and uh, you you guys in the boat? Um, well, so the, the all the show ponies, me included, get on the airplane. <laughs> I love it. And then uh, you know the hard workers come in and they prep the boat for another voyage at sea for another 600 miles home. It'll head back to Sydney where it'll get um, basically dismantled. We sort of put it into a, you know, like a mothball type situation. Uh, and then Pete and I'll make some decisions in the coming days of the future of the campaign and what our next um, what our next challenge is. So, so, so it basically comes apart like a puzzle, really? A very, very complicated puzzle. But yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah okay. no, it comes apart. You have to do it because the environment, it's in a saltwater environment. So everything mm. gets, um, mm. you know, corrosion, all those things can get into every part. So if you don't, put it away in an orderly manner, the next time you go to use it, you're a long way behind on the maintenance. And very important to put the pieces back in the right place yeah. with the puzzle next yeah. time. Next yeah. time. Yeah. My son's Lego. Yeah, a few, <laughs> a few go missing. Next time you sell. So for Peter, Peter's the owner, Peter Harbour, am I right in saying that, that, that is that the first time that he, he hasn't been on board? So he greeted you uh, He greeted you in Hobart? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, so Pete, uh, he decided not to come this time just because he thought it'd be a distraction in the first night. Just... Um, if anyone wanted to help him get around the boat or, or you know, if he needed a hand to do anything um, during the night, he thought that would take our focus off winning the race. Well, he could have held the bucket um, for you. Well, that's right. I mean, he could have, yeah, he could have just, we could have spooned. It would have been lovely. Um, but uh, so I had the bunk to myself. But, um, yeah, so, you know, he, he's a team player. He's the team's owner. And, you know, Pete and I have been through this whole journey together. But, um you know, I think when you want to win something and and you need some people need to make some sacrifices, so I guess yeah. he made that sacrifice for the team. Well, Mark, well done, mate, um, and to Pete and to the whole crew. Uh, continue the the celebrations. Um, I know a lot goes into it, and uh, you know it's it's an iconic event, isn't it, the Sydney to Hobart? So congratulations from all of us here at SEN. Oh, thanks very much. Really appreciate it. Thanks, mate. Enjoy Customs House. Yeah, I bet. You've been to Customs House, don't you? Yeah, once or twice. Yeah? Once or twice. I think it's open. I think they're open 24 hours while the Sydney to Hobart comes in. So you can see the Sydney to Hobart Mm. come on in out the front of the beautiful pub down there. Look, it sounds like fun, but, you know, I mean, depending on the conditions. I don't think I would have handled these conditions. But interesting that even, you know, experienced crew members Mm. and skippers suffer from seasickness. That's amazing. Like you and me. Oh, well, you just take a couple of Barocca, don't you? And I'm good. Every good Saturday morning. I just, eh? I've just a couple of hard, <laughs> tough and up nails. All right. You're listening to Afternoons on SEN. Stuff for your face and body? It's men's skincare with a purpose. Top quality Aussie-made grooming and skincare to help guys look and feel great with no hassles. Plus, Stuff is helping mental health too. Find Stuff at Woolworths or visit websiteofstuff.com. When making the double chicken deluxe at Macca's, we wanted to improve on the perfect combo of tender Aussie chicken with cheese, tomato and aioli. So, we doubled it. Chicken and Macca's, together and loving it. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Available after 10.30am for a limited time only.